Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, August 10th, 2021. Do you think of revenge as a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, if you think about vengeance, you probably think that's not something I'm supposed to do. Well, what if I told you that the Lord was called a God of vengeance? That's interesting. And we need to remember that the old saying is not vengeance is wrong, thus saith the Lord. It's vengeance is mine, thus saith the Lord. And let's explore that a little bit more as we open up our Bibles to Psalm 94 today and see words you probably didn't sing any worship songs at church this last weekend that talked about God being a God of vengeance. But here in this Psalm, Psalm 94, we see God being called a God of vengeance. Let's look at the first couple verses together. And it says, O Lord. God of vengeance, O God of vengeance, shine forth. Wow, that's incredible to to think about that. That's not something we think about often. And verse 2 says, rise up, O judge of the earth. Repay to the proud what they deserve. Even when was the last time you sang a worship song that referred to as God as the judge? And so this should be more than just interesting to us. It should be helpful to us. Because let's go back to that familiar command, vengeance is mine, thus saith the Lord. God is trying to help us not seek vengeance for ourselves. And he's doing that by promising that he is going to take care of evil. He is going to judge evil. The reason you don't need to seek revenge against somebody that has wronged you is because God is going to judge that person. And so we see how this should be more than just interesting. It should be helpful to you. Uh, Reading these words should help you not seek vengeance. And many of you listening to this, you have been wronged. And some of you in, in serious ways. I mean, we all need to check ourselves because there's sometimes where we perceive a wrong where one wasn't intended or, or sometimes wasn't actually even done. And sometimes it's good for us to check our own hearts. But there are uh, many of you that know there has been clear wrong things done to you. Uh, you have been mistreated or betrayed or sometimes even abused. And even clearly the law has been broken in some way that has injured you. And especially as you think through those situations, it's good to remember, don't seek revenge for yourself. Now, that doesn't mean we cannot pursue justice, and in many cases we should, but that's never about vengeance. And here we see God, he's saying, I'm taking care of that. All the wrongs that are being done, I'm going to judge the earth. I mean, that's what we're praying for, and that's the picture that we see ultimately in Revelation. But we're going to sense that pain sometimes. You see in verse 3, O Lord, how long shall the wicked, oh, how long shall the wicked exult? And talking about those that just do wicked things and think they are getting away from it. And even in verse 7, they're saying the Lord does not see, the God of Jacob does not perceive. But God 
it reminds us through this passage that our prayers should be to him. And so sometimes you think about that in a very personal sense. You have been wronged and you are tempted to seek vengeance. Don't do it. Instead, turn really to a prayer like Psalm 94. But also, maybe not so much on an individual sense, but often we might think through a corporate sense, or even as you look out at the world and you're saying, God, how long? I'm looking at wicked people just flaunting their wickedness and getting away with it, seemingly. God of vengeance, shine forth. And honestly, unless you've got your head in the the sand of what's going on in the world, and these aren't even recent developments, there should be things you look out in the world and you cry out, God, what, how long? Why are you letting this happen? And this wickedness just go uh, seemingly unaddressed. Uh, You know, we look at all kinds of problems in the world. I mean, this talks about mistreating Uh, People, they crush your people, O Lord, and afflict your heritage. They kill the widow and the sojourner and murder the fatherless. Um, Just thinking of all kinds of wicked things that go on in the world. There are Christians all over the world being persecuted for their faith. That should get us crying out this way. All throughout the world and all throughout history, there are so many tragic examples of oppression and wickedness, even where the powerful are oppressing those who are weak in unjust ways. Here, the killing of the the murder and the sojourner and and the murder of the fatherless. That's happened too many times throughout history. And and even now you think of the evils of abortion in our society and how wicked that is. Or you you think about just how wickedness is so praised in our culture. I, I mean, even for me, being frustrated recently, just wanting to, you know, turn on the Olympics with my kids and, and show them things that you know, I remember as a kid watching that as a family and just seeing ways that unrighteousness and wickedness is not just being noticed by the world, it's being celebrated by the world. And when we feel those things for all kinds of just wrongs, injustices, evil in our world, we should turn to God. And that's where we don't take things into our own hands. No, we, we turn to the God who will judge everything. So I want to encourage you, whether it's something very personal to you or whether it's just the frustration you have looking out at the world, take those prayers to God. Now, we need to be careful. Those prayers for us should always have some measure of humility. One, realizing the only reason I am saved is because of the grace of God. I can't pray these prayers from a place of God. I've got my act together. What's wrong with the world? We need to have an appreciation for the grace of God in our lives. But even as we think through that, even as we pray for our society, there should be a tone of ourselves um, really seeking God's grace and forgiveness. And we're going to get an example of that now as we turn to Ezra chapters 9 and 10. We finish the book of Ezra, and it ends on somewhat of a troubling note. These chapters are all about intermarriage. Now, what's going on here? And even we see um, where it seems that there is divorce that is happening that is presented almost in a positive way, that the people in repentance are told to put away wives and children. And that's something we kind of scratch our heads and say, I I thought divorce was a bad thing. And I think we need to see this as a very unique situation for a unique people, even in a unique period of history. It's not something I would encourage any of you to 
try to use as a reason for a divorce or something like that. This is a unique situation. And really what's going on here, remember they rebuilt the temple. They're coming back from exile. And they went into exile because of their idolatry. And one of the commands that God had given them, and even one of the commands that they disobeyed that led them into idolatry was they were not supposed to marry these foreign women from these other cultures that would worship other gods and lead them into idolatry as well. And here, I think one of the unique things even about the passage that makes it especially frustrating is some of the Levites, some of the people that were supposed to be the religious leaders were joining in this sin. And so they needed to repent and even in this extreme case, put away these wives. But I think you see some of the humility that I think should also be a flavor in our own prayers as we pray, even especially looking out at our sinful nation. I think we see some of that in Ezra. And how he prays here, uh, appalled at the sin that's going on. And he says, oh my God, I am ashamed and blush to lift my face to you, my God. For our iniquities have risen higher than our heads and our guilt has mounted up to the heavens. So even I think as we cry out, oh God, a vengeance, shine forth, judge of the earth, rise up. I think we should also be crying out to God, God, I am ashamed and blush to lift my face to you. It should not be God of vengeance, shine forth and zap all those people that aren't doing all the great things that I'm doing. No, it's God of vengeance, shine forth. And God, as long as I'm thinking of it, I'm ashamed and I blush and I think of just the tragedy of my own sin. And I think these things should kind of come together in our minds as we think through just the frustrations that we will have and more than frustrations, the sorrow and anger that we will have seeing sin and wickedness and unrighteousness and injustice in our world. There's a path where we can take those things and leave them to God, the one who can ultimately deal with those issues. Well, let's move into the New Testament now, and let's start with Colossians chapter 2, verses 1 through 15. And I love just one of the ways that it's put as we think about the Christian life here. Uh, Verses 6 and 7. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. And so there, as we see that, I love the continuity it draws throughout the Christian life. And we think of salvation and sanctification, right? The moment where we get saved, we enter the family of God and then sanctification, how we grow as Christians. And sometimes I think we're tempted to make those very disjointed things, like as if salvation is one thing and then sanctification is totally different. And obviously there are some differences to those things, but there's also a lot of continuity. And there, I think we we see that just as you received Christ Jesus, so walk in him that we're rooted and built up in him, we're resting on him, or he is our foundation, and faith is what is fueling us and establishing us, and we're abounding in thanksgiving. That's how we should start the Christian life, and that's how we should continue in the Christian life. And it's ultimately all about Jesus. For in him, verse 9, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. 
And then a couple of my favorite verses in the New Testament, and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Ultimately, the Christian life will always be anchored in what Christ has done for us. We need to constantly be looking to Jesus. And we see a great example, maybe one of the most famous examples of looking to Jesus as we wrap up Luke chapter 10 today in verses 38 through 42. It tells the familiar story of Martha and Mary and how Martha is distracted with much serving and she gets frustrated at her sister saying, why isn't she serving with me? And she goes to Jesus and expresses that frustration. And the Lord answers Martha. By the way, Mary had been sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to his teaching. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. And so there we see him praising Mary for sitting at the feet of Jesus, that it's the one thing that is necessary. And I hope that's something that describes your relationship with God's word. Even as we do this podcast and read through the Bible together, I hope ultimately it's about you seeking the one thing that is necessary, listening not to the teaching of of somebody, but really the teaching of Jesus Christ and seeking to dig into his word. And that's what we're going to keep on doing here on Revival from the Bible. I will be away from the podcast for the next couple of weeks, getting some time just to invest in my family. And I'm looking forward to that. But we are going to keep digging into God's word together and keep prioritizing this one thing that is necessary, sitting at the feet of Jesus. So I'm excited you're going to get to hear from Pastor Charlie and some other special guests over these next couple weeks. And then I'm very excited and looking forward to recharging the batteries, to jumping back in, continuing to to go through the Bible together, continuing just with what I'm hoping is going to be an amazing and fruitful season of ministry this fall at Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley. And I'm already excited and we're working on some ideas for revival from the Bible in 2022 and putting together what I think will be a a unique and great way to read through the Bible together next year. So let's continue going through God's word together. I look forward, Lord willing, to being back here in a couple weeks as we continue to seek revival from the Bible. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.